What it do, what it do. We are back for our third installment of After Hours. If you all aren't familiar with the concept of After Hours, it is essentially an extension of episodes that we've recorded throughout our past seasons. Uh, in this case, is a continuation of my conversation with Farai Medzima on the craft of management. We reflect a bit on my journey into design and management and the importance of paving the way for underrepresented groups into careers of design. Um, there has to be a way where predictably, and I was talking to a friend of mine about this, where it's like, if I'm, you know, that 12 year old kid, um, how do I know the path of, between me and Harrison? You know, yeah. or my, my position where Harrison is. How does my mom, how does my aunt know that? Whoever's going to be supporting me on that journey, how does my teacher know that? Because yeah. I think the paths that people are familiar with are the paths that are well-trodden. Yeah. You know what I mean? Whereas like, cool, you want to be a teacher? There's a path. You want to be a cop? We know how to do that. You want to be an accountant? We know how to do that. But it's like, get into right. tech. All of a sudden, it's literally like there's a mist, there's a fog there. As always, if anything comes to mind, you have any thoughts, questions, or comments, feel free to hit me up on Twitter at H-M-W-H-E-E-L-E or the Technically Speaking Twitter handle at GetTechnicalPod. Enjoy. This is the one question I wanted to ask, which was, I don't know. Um, so we've spoken a bit about my journey, you know, from mm -hmm. crafts, uh, craftsperson and IC to, to, to management. Um, what yeah. was your journey like? I started pretty young. Like I was, I was designing websites when I was 12 years old. I didn't actually appreciate this probably until <laughs> my adult years, but my mother was actually my first boss. She told me a little bit more about the story, but mm -hmm. she knew that I was passionate about, you know, web design. Mm -hmm. And she actually made a proposal to make a role for me to work at the school that she was at. What? And so that was my, that was my, that was my summer job. Damn. Um, I think there's, there's also another pivotal moment in my life too. Mm -hmm. When I was growing up one summer, someone broke into our house and stole oh, no. a bunch of stuff. Is this, my, in Chicago? this was in Milwaukee. So I was born and Milwaukee. raised in Milwaukee. Okay. okay. Um, and so. When I tell you the phrase, it takes a village is, I mean, that, this is literally it. Like mm. my dad's office donated a computer and my mom's wow. coworkers, one of her coworkers, husbands was a computer technician. And so he was like, wow. anything that you want in the computer, I can get it for you. And so Sweet. I think this was like, like 96, 97, mm. I had the 56 K modem. I had a graphics Damn. card. I had like 32 megabytes of memory, you know, what? like it wasn't anything. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, those, those were, those were some really formative periods in my life. When I went to college is the first time I ever messed with Photoshop. And so okay. uh, I was majoring in art. And so that finally I was able to kind of marry sort of the craft of, uh... you know, graphic design with mm -hmm. web and, mm -hmm. you know, it, it's interesting, man. Like I always remember being in Iowa. And, uh, I worked in a student agency mm -hmm. and I can always remember this day. I can, I remember these days when like Steve jobs introduced like the iPhone, we would always right. watch, like we would gather around during WWDC yeah, yeah, yeah. and 
all the keynotes. I think at that point, I was like, man, I really want to get in this tech space. I didn't know what it was. Mm -hmm. UX right. was not a thing at the time. Mm -hmm. After that, I was doing a lot of freelance work. And before I moved to Chicago, I got a call from Google oh, word. Um, for a front end role. I have no idea how they found me, like come to think of it, like... <laughs> Uh, it's google like, man <laughs> it's google yeah it it was it was weird but yeah. whatever i like flunk that interview process because it, it like uh -oh. web design had kind of turned into web development and it was becoming more of an engineering focused kind of role and mm -hmm. so that didn't really work out i was kind of at this point like do i inflection point is like do i go down this you know engineering route or do i right. double down and design and and figure out what this ux thing is and so mm -hmm. i chose ux um, I would not have ever expected the situation in Chicago when I was at that company for us to like move to California. Right. Um, even though I had dreams of moving there, I didn't mm -hmm. know it was going to manifest itself that way. Right. At that point I was managing the team, building the team, learning all the recruiting, how that worked, mm -hmm. building a design process, case studies. Like those were a new thing as well. So like yeah. seeing designers kind of start doing these types of things out of HCI mm -hmm. programs, yeah. you know, I was like, whoa, this is a lot, you know, cause mm -hmm. I, I just, I didn't have, I didn't have that education. Like I had to like literally learn on my own and just do yeah. it, learn by doing. Mm -hmm. And there was always curiosity. I'd always really been thinking about how I could approach design at scale. And that's mm -hmm. thematically throughout, you know, my youth all the way into my adulthood. I think I brought this up in, 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 in the interview with Brooks, but I'll just never mm -hmm. forget when that recruiter from Google was sitting across from me in Mountain View. Yeah. Right. Like, I mean, that was, <laughs> that was just, that was all like fate, whatever you want to yeah. call it. Yeah. Um, but I was like, okay, like I, I, this is, this is, this is everything that I wanted to to do in life. And, right. um, you know, I, I'd say like right now, man, um, you know, you, you touched on this, on the human aspect of, of managing, right? And mm -hmm. being able to see, and over time, being able to mm -hmm. see designers really mature and develop and reach their own highest potential. I mean, I think that's one of the most fulfilling things, right? Absolutely. And, and, yeah. and, you know, I think the sky's the limit in terms of any product that we work on when everyone is reaching their highest potential. And so, yeah. um, you know, I try to figure out how we can create environments for that, not only them, but also mm -hmm. for everyone else on those teams too. Right. Because, right, right, right. you know, not everyone has the opportunity to, to work in, in tech and, um, mm -hmm. you know, I definitely realize that making those pathways available where it isn't as meandering, where it's not just chance, where you can grow up knowing right. that you can be this yeah. and, and take purposeful action to get there. Yeah. Man, thanks so much for sharing that story. Um, it's, it, you know, the the opportunities that we get as kids and, you know, those things that happen that, you know, open these doors for us. I guess you you can't predict it. But as you say, um, it, it does need to be more like that, right? Because, yeah. um, and, and I guess this conversation touches a bit on, I mean, 2020 has been a year of that. But, you know, getting more folks, you know, who are people of color, uh, you know, yeah. it, it, we can't keep relying on chance, right? right? Um, there has to be a way where predictably, you know, I was talking to a friend of mine about this, where it's like, if I'm, you know, that 12 year old kid, um, how do I know the path between me and Harrison, you know, yeah. or my, my position where Harrison is, how does my mom, how does my aunt know that whoever's going to be supporting me on that journey? How does my teacher know that? Because yeah. I think the paths that people are familiar with are the paths 
that are well-trodden. Yeah. You know what I mean? Whereas like, cool, you want to be a teacher? There's a path. You want to be a cop? We know how to do that. You want to be an accountant? We know how to do that. But it's like, get into right. tech. All of a sudden, it's literally like there's a mist, there's a fog there. Yeah. And, you know, on the other side, people sometimes emerge, sometimes they bounce back and nobody knows, you know, how to get through. So absolutely, yeah. I agree that, you know, the more we can make these pods clear for folks um, and the more we can kind of plant the seeds for people who are trying to come up, I think that's a that's a really important thing for, you know, in the work that we do and in the organizations that we're in to be able to to amplify. There are many different uh, areas to really kind of focus on. Mm-hmm. You know, I think making this podcast accessible is is right. kind of one of the one of the small things uh, that yeah. I think I can do. But you know, uh, through curriculum, through representation at the at the yeah, leadership man. levels, mm-hmm. right? That's so important. Like this conversation on how to become a manager. In my experience, yeah. relatability is so important, and to see somebody oh, that looks like you in these positions. Mm-hmm goes a long way because, you know, you believe that now you can achieve those types of things, right? The more enlightenment that we provide for people is that they're Mm going to see this progress in their careers a lot quicker, like a lot quicker than we've been able to realize. You don't got to move to four countries. (laughs) To to see it. (laughs) Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, your point around representation is critical. Let me ask you, um, how many black managers have you had? Oh, I don't think I, I haven't had one. And how long <laughs> have you been had in the one? Game? It's been about eight years. Uh, mm-hmm. If we talk about design and, and web and I mean, most of my life, um, right. as crazy as it sounds, my mom was my only manager who was black. <laughs> Can you imagine that, sir? Right? Yeah. You've been in the game yeah. for that long and not a single black manager. I'll tell you what, it's the same yeah. for me. I started yeah. doing this 2004. Mm. Uh, nine, 15 years, my math sucks. 16 years? Yeah. No black man, no black managers. Yeah. Right? That's, and that's, that's what we're working with. When, when you talk about representation, it's like, how does, yeah. how does that, you know, how does that play out? You know, obviously, yeah. and, and I really do appreciate the fact that, you know, you're making this podcast and you're trying to, you know, at least expose some of, you know, the, the folks that are here, the folks that are doing this to be like, oh, there are people out there who are doing this. It needs to be seen. And at least this yeah. is one avenue that folks can look at and go, oh, snap, that's where they are. Yeah. Hey, for right. Mm-hmm. If there's if there's one thing, actually, that I'd probably advice I'd, I'd give to folks listening mm-hmm. um, that really resonated with me is I think it's important for everyone in the industry to just take some time to pause and just do mm-hmm. a bit of self-reflection and ask those types mm-hmm. of questions. Right. Right. When you, when you look at, you know, have you ever had a black manager, right? Or mm-hmm. how many black folks have you worked with or right. how, how much, how much percentage of the industry, uh, you know, are black or even people of color for that matter. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, I think once you start to take the time to understand it, to realize something is really off, right? right? And and mm-hmm. and if you are in these types of positions, um, you know you do have you do have the power to voice to have a voice, mm-hmm. and it's important to keep practicing that voice. Yeah. It may be hard at first, it may be a little bit awkward, but it matters. And yeah. you speaking up is going to encourage another person, and before you know it 
it'll snowball and you might have a movement. I think these types of conversations are important to, to kind of keep moving because, mm -hmm. you know, personally, this is work that I enjoy. Uh, mm -hmm. This is an in industry that I, I want to go to bat for, yeah. right? I want to envision an industry that is also inclusive and representative, just like the values that they preach every single day. I, I love the point that you raise around the, the reflection. There's been a lot of big, like huge world problems that have been raised. But I think, you know, when you say everyone can take a moment to reflect, we can just look at ourselves and look around us. We don't have to try and change the world. We don't have to try and, I heard the phrase, boil the ocean, um, but yeah. rather wherever we're at, look around us, look around our teams. We don't need to go further than that and just see yeah. what, you know, what influence you can have at that level. That's something that yeah. we, you know, that's within our sphere of control. That's where we can have impact. And if more and more yeah. people are doing that, as you say, um, you know, hopefully that will bubble up into something important. Um, there's something that I've been learning recently um, since the earlier this year, um, when there was the, the phrase systemic racism was being used a lot um, in, in a whole bunch of areas. And I was trying to figure out if there are systemic issues, where are the systemic solutions? Hmm. Like, what does it mean to solve a system? In these, you know, when these things come up, we love to point a finger and be like, right yeah. there, that's where the problem is. This is where the problem is. But if we've learned anything from climate change or pollution, you know, you don't solve that by pointing at, oh, it's the plastic. Oh, it's the car. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? It's not. Yeah. It's a huge system. And you, need some to of understand, yeah. you have to understand the system, the dynamics of the system, the players in the system, and then be like, cool. We need to focus on this particular leverage point or these leverage points to change the system. Mm -hmm. And I think there's a longer conversation that needs to be had around, okay, cool. If we are seeing systemic issues that are stopping people like you and I from joining this industry, from becoming managers and leaders and owners in this industry, what does that system look like? Yeah. Right. And yeah. we can use our design tools to explore that system. We can use our design tools to map that system and draw yeah. it out so that we can be like, cool, you see, this, this is how things flow. We can prototype yeah. that and be like, cool, if you stop that flow, what could happen over here, right? That's, right. you know, those models will be crude, but as designers, we have the skills to try and understand these problems at a larger scale than just, you know, um, there's, uh, I, I'm looking at HR and saying it's HR's fault, you know what I mean? Or whatever, <laughs> but, we have, but, but we have the tools to start to understand yeah. at a system level, what's going on? to try and map that yeah. for other people to look at and go, actually, you can't just point at one thing. See how all these things are interrelated? Now let's talk about what could we leverage? What could we try and shift and run some experiments? These are all things within the design toolkit, yeah. right? That yeah. we could be thinking about, that we could be using and saying, could you innovate around trying to solve these problems? Could you use some of those tools? Could you build measure learner thing? You know, those are yeah. things I'm interested in hearing, you know, and, and talking about yeah. and seeing how we can try and use that to tackle these systemic issues as opposed to the finger pointing or the guilting or, you know, uh, because none of those, I think, help us to move forward in terms of what we're trying to do. To that point, you know, in order for these things to, to, to happen, investment of time and resources need to be made because yeah. having the conversation is great, but I think action is ultimately mm -hmm. what yeah. will lead to, to these results. Right. So, yeah. um, yeah, man, I, I think there's a good conversation to have and, and hopefully mm -hmm. You know, it can inspire folks to to do meaningful action. It's going to take a collective effort, right? Oh yeah. Um, yeah. And and if you know, 
to your point around inclusivity in, in terms of organizations, you know, when we talk about the future that we want to imagine, I mean, it benefits everybody. For sure. For sure. Enjoy this episode. Be sure to hit the subscribe button on whatever podcast platform that you use. You can also subscribe to my newsletter at harrisonwheeler.com for the latest industry insights, new article posts, and announcements of future guests on the show. Once again, thanks for listening to this episode of Technically Speaking. I'm your host, Harrison Wheeler, and I'm out.